we do have a presentation to make that I would really appreciate your listening to. And I'm sure Brother Castillo, who's driven all the way from Charleston this morning, would uh, like to have your undivided attention, but just for a short while. It's concerning one of the uh, efforts that we do to help people in this world. And we're not just supposed to be self-centered or even just laurel-centered, but we're supposed to be world-centered because we're trying to bring more people into the household of faith and to strengthen those within the household of faith. So I'd like to introduce to you Brother Wayne Castile. Let me give you a little bit of background information. He and his wife grew up together at the Sweetwater Church, Church of Christ in Tennessee. They have been married for some 63 years and have three children, six grandchildren, excuse me, seven grandchildren, six great-grandchildren, and one great-great-granddaughter. So they've been around. He was a pulpit preacher for 40 years, and during that time he was uh, a minister at four different congregations. He's been to a number of mission trips, uh, one to the Dominican Republic, two to China, unfortunately they let him leave too, 17 to Jamaica, and the, next, the last one floors me, 23 to Cuba, 23 to Cuba, either they liked you a lot or every time you tried to go on a plane, they brought you back in and you <laughs> did another trip, huh? But he has been busy. And then, of course, the thing that he's here today representing is the Church of Christ disaster relief effort. And he's been with them for 16 years. And besides uh, just the local area of West Virginia, and Maryland and Virginia and Tennessee, some of the areas that I, I, I view very closely, it's essentially all of New England and the, east, the Eastern Seaboard. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you uh, one of my new friends and a hard worker and a faithful servant in the, in the Lord's work, Dwayne Castile. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a few minutes this morning. But more than that, thank you for your financial support of Churches of Christ disaster relief effort. Without churches and individuals like you, we would not be able to do the things that we do. It's because you have a heart of compassion and love, and you want to help people who are suffering. And one of the ways you have chosen is to make financial donations to us. I brought some material with me. It's on the table out in the foyer. If you're not familiar with us, take one of these, a, a brief introduction to us, a little bit about our history and how we operate as we do. This piece of information is a summary of what we have done the first six months of this year. And we update this every month. It's broken down state by state, what the community was that we went into, the congregation we worked with, and just a lot of facts and figures. But to summarize it, the first six months of this year, 78 shipments to 30 townships in 10 different states 
with a financial value of $2.3 million. Last year, the total was 157 shipments, 43 townships, and 17 states of $4.8 million in value. Newsletter is out there. It has a little bit more information, but the bottom of the green box on the back page is our website and our Facebook page, and you can sort of keep up with us there. If you go to the last part of Acts chapter 11, you're at the church in Antioch of Syria, and a prophet by the name of Agabus with some other prophets come to visit, and Agabus tells these folks that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him there's going to be a great famine upon all the world. And Luke writing about this after the event said, you know, that really did happen. Claudius was the emperor of Rome when it happened. But as Agabus is telling this young church about what's going to happen, they determined each one according to their ability that they would send relief back to the brethren in Judea. Now that's an example of a congregation responding to a great disaster called a famine. We do pretty much what they did. Instead of taking money and delivering it to churches after disasters, we have learned a better way of doing it. In our warehouse in, in Nashville, 86,000 square feet, we keep the supplies that we know that will be needed following a disaster, whether it be a tornado, a hurricane, a flood, a wildfire, or whatever it may be. And we'll contact the church in the area where that disaster has taken place. And we'll ask, do you need assistance? And if they say no, we say, well, we're thankful that you don't. But if they say yes, we'll tell them that we can put a 53-foot trailer on the road within hours loaded with supplies to help them to minister to the people who have survived whatever that disaster is. We have a good group of people in Nashville. They have right now eight truckloads pre-staged. We learned over the years that we can get the truck loaded a lot faster if we have things pre-staged rather than having things scattered everywhere. And so we load that truck and Mike Lewis will be making phone calls. Got a list of volunteer truck drivers and he'll find one who says, yeah, I'd like to go wherever it needs to go. And by the time the truck driver gets in, the truck is loaded and within hours it's on its road. And it'll go to the church that needs assistance. It'll be unloaded and our truck driver will get back in the truck and he'll come back to Niceville. You see, we have done what we intended to do. Then it's up to the congregation under their local leadership to provide these things to the folks who have need. We put on the truck 300 food boxes. These boxes weigh 60 pounds. They have a variety of foods in them. The last thing that goes in that box is a New Testament. And inside that New Testament is outlined the plan of salvation as Ricky put it on the screen this morning. Also, there is a handwritten note by one of our volunteers telling people that we're thinking about them, we're praying for them, and we want to help them. We put bottled water on the truck. We put baby boxes so moms still have what they need to take care of the babies. We put personal hygiene boxes on so everybody, male and female, has what they need to take care of their physical body. We put cleaning buckets with cleaning supplies, mops, brooms, 
shovels, rakes, wheelbarrows, work gloves, dust masks, heavy duty garbage bags to clean up after the disaster. We put extra cleaning materials on the truck. If it's been a flood, we'll put a lot of box fans. If it's a tornado and a hurricane, we'll put a lot of tarpaulins. We'll put blankets, we'll put pillows. If the church says we need clothing, we need shoes, we can put that on the truck as well. Everything on that truck is new. We don't deal with anything that's used. As the church then follows up, after they've ministered to somebody, they got their names and phone numbers and addresses, and they go back and follow up to see what their needs are in addition to that. If a family does not have insurance on their personal properties, if they are under a certain level and in income, the church does their homework and they call us and they say, we need this number of refrigerators, we need this number of washing machines, we need this number of whatever the appliance may be, we need this number of furniture for the living room, we need this number of beds for people to sleep on. And we'll place our order and the people we buy it from, they will drop ship it to the church and this is given to people just as freely as everything else was. I brought a truck with me. It's out on the table in the foyer. I'm going to leave that truck here out of appreciation for what you have done. You have been very generous in supporting us. And we started doing this some time ago because we gave one of these trucks to Joe Dudney on his 90th birthday. Joe was our executive director. He died about three years later. His daughter put his truck in a floral arrangement at the head of his casket. His relatives saw that truck and said, didn't know Joe had that. How can we get one? And then other people started saying, I'd like to have that. So we carried them with us. And when churches are very generous or individuals are very generous, we'll gladly give them a truck in appreciation. If you're in Nashville, Tennessee, anytime, stop by and visit with us. We're there Monday through Friday, eight o'clock to four o'clock. They'll introduce you to the staff there. They'll show you through our 86,000 feet of square feet of facilities. And then after you visit with us, go and visit our neighbors, Healing Hands International. What we do stateside, they do similar things in foreign countries where we can't go. And so we always encourage you, visit with us. If you're gonna leave a check, leave it with us, and then go visit Healing Hands International. <laughs> now, take them a check too. They're good people. If you wanna visit next week, I will be in Nashville. I'll get there Monday afternoon, a week from tomorrow. We have staff meetings Tuesday and a half a day on Wednesday. Be a good time for you to come and not only meet the staff there, but meet the five of us who are scattered from Washington State to Louisiana to Missouri to North Carolina and me in West Virginia, who these other guys are doing what I'm doing this morning. Thank you. Take the material on the table. The, the elders or Ricky can grab the truck and uh, just keep it as an act of appreciation from us. Thank you again. You got the Reader's Digest condensed version of what we do. Uh, but thank you again.
for your financial support. Remember us when you pray. Uh, let me mention one other thing, though, before I quit. As we all know, the past year and a half has been different. COVID-19 shut so many things down throughout the country. Normally, when we pack those 60-pound food boxes, we do a phone tree call. We'll have 250 or more people come in and pack them. And they'll pack 1,500 of them in two hours. They've got it down to a science. But you know, we couldn't do that. But we never shut down. We could still have small groups of eight or 10 people in and pack the food boxes, the baby boxes, the hygiene boxes, the cleaning buckets. And so we were able to meet every request that we had to send a truck to a church to help them minister to the people in their communities. And you can't say enough for the churches. They, they had to come up with new ways of distributing things. Before they set up a distribution center, people come in and pretty much picked out what they needed. But with COVID-19, social distance and all, most of these churches did it with a drive-through. You, you signed up, you told the folks what you needed, time you got to the end of the line, Volunteers had your things ready, you popped the trunk, and they put it in your car, your van, or your truck. We were still able to do what we had always done, just done a little differently. If you'd like to volunteer, call the office and offer yourself. We always need volunteers. Thank you again.